everybody. Welcome back to our channel. This month we're talking about Black History Month. Yes. So if you have followed along on our Instagram, Facebook, and or Twitter page, you have seen us post throughout the month about Black mother-daughter duos who we think are making history right now. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that and recap those folks as well as talk about some other notable women in history that we find inspirational. So come on and join the conversation. Let's go. All right, so we're going to talk about the duos that we highlighted this month. Yeah, I was really excited for us to like come up with this idea to highlight other mother-daughter duos and to highlight present you know like modern day duos because I feel like we have this conversation I feel like so many times black history month or women's history month or whatever history month is always and I get it it's history right but it's always focused on like these old 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 people who (laughs) who we've talked about so many times before and of course we need to honor them right like I'm not saying we shouldn't honor them but history is being made every single day that's true that's true And I think the good thing about the duos that we selected were obviously because they're mothers and daughters, they come from different generations, just like we are. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see how some of these people, you know, for instance, Diana Ross and Tracy Ellis Ross, Mm -hmm. how they have transcended time and still remain relevant in their own individual ways. Yeah. I think the other thing that was really good about the duos that we picked out is that they all made impacts in different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. So like it wasn't all like they made an impact on social justice or they made an impact in the entertainment industry or, you know, like they all made impacts in different ways and like different aspects of being a woman, which I think is also really cool. Like I know I was really excited to talk about or to highlight Tracy Ellis Ross and the fact that for me, I mean, yes, she's a great actress. Like she's been around forever. I mean, girlfriends has been around since I've been around, you know, like, so I grew up watching that and then seeing her on Blackish and all the things that she's done as an actress. But for me, what was most important about highlighting her was that to me, she's been a trailblazer in like being a woman who is in her forties and in her fifties, who hasn't yet had children and sure. hasn't yet been married and who's very vocal and bold about the fact that like, look, just because I'm a woman doesn't mean I have to do these things. Right. Maybe I'll do them, maybe I won't. Right. But I don't have to fit into your box. Right. And so the interesting thing about that is that, you know, she broke barriers just like her mom did. Mm-hmm. You know, being part of that girls group and being outspoken. And then, of course, Diana Ross being one of the first women that was nominated for like an Oscar, um, you know, for the different things that she has done or whatever. And so it's really interesting to see that. You know, her daughter is kind of doing the same kinds of things, but in her own way, like you said, right? you know, in her own lane. So I think it's really interesting to see that. And it's also important to highlight that because I think sometimes those things get lost on people and they just see them for the celebrity right. part and they don't see some of the humanity and some of the other things that are really important, um, not just to our culture, but just to, you know, the world in general, some of the contributions that they make. Yeah, absolutely. And I think especially for me having, you know, some of the recent events that have happened, like it's really important to me to look at people holistically. Right. Mm-hmm. So to the point mm-hmm. that you made, like not just looking at them as a celebrity for what it is that right. they're quote unquote famous for, but to look at them as a whole person and what it is that they've offered to themselves and to society in yeah. that way. I agree. And I think, you know, that brings us to like the second duo that we 
highlighted this month, which was Tabitha Brown and Choice Brown. Yeah. So Tabitha has been around for a long time. And I think she would tell you herself, she's been kind of scrapping around and scrapping and scraping and trying to make her way Mm -hmm. um, in a long time. But it wasn't until recently, you know, that her daughter, who is, I don't even know what Choice is, Gen Z, Gen Y, I don't know what this generation is, um, but, you know, introduced her to TikTok. And got her involved in that, that she began to really realize the fame that um, that she's seeing now and introduced a whole nother generation of folks into her lifestyle, which included being, um, I believe she's vegan, not vegetarian, but right, being vegan. vegan. Um, and also her natural hair journey with Donna, uh, <laughs> which she affectionately refers to her. I need to give my natural hair a name. You do. You do. <laughs> I love that about her, that she calls her Donna. But you know, she introduced a whole new, and I mean, I think that her following crosses a lot of different um, oh, generations. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. young people love Tabitha Brown. You know, older people love Tabitha Brown. She's very authentic and relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, she has a very powerful message that she shares. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about the Tabitha Brown and Choice Brown duo, their mother-daughter relationship, is that it's like very clear that they have a good mother-daughter relationship right like it's very Mm -hmm. clear I mean like you said the whole reason that Tabitha Brown kind of came on the scene and rose to fame for so many people is because of her relationship with her daughter her daughter introducing her to TikTok and being like my look I love watching you cook and talk and whatever in the house other people need to see this like record yourself right and so to me it's just like seeing the authenticity of their relationship and seeing the way that they interact and how it organically grew right both of them you know elevated both of them into a level that they had been seeking i mean i know tabitha has talked about how she's been trying to be an actress forever right you know and it was because of the relationship that she had with her daughter that she was able to kind of gain this notoriety to now pick up these other acting gigs and same thing for choice she was a burgeoning model you know, whenever they first kind of rose to fame. And now, you know, she's getting these campaigns and she's out here modeling and following some of those dreams as well. So I think my favorite thing about them is just hot the fact that they have highlighted their relationship. Yeah. Know? And I think the lesson to be learned here, especially for, you know, those of us that are in the older generation, is that you can learn from anybody. You know what I mean? And so instead of looking sometimes at what young folks are doing as something that could be negative or, you know, not wanting to engage in it because you don't understand it or whatever, is to really pay attention to it. Because, you know, I think like Tab as we all affectionately call her now, um, she, you know, had a certain limited amount of notoriety already from Facebook and, you know, other venues or whatever. But I think, and I could be wrong, I don't know, we'll have to get them on the show. But, you know, I think that it was not until she got on TikTok and Instagram that she began to really have the followership that allowed her to get the presence that she has now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because y'all think we don't be knowing, but we be knowing. Well, you know, I don't even know necessarily that I think that's the truth. Because I remember when I got my little TikTok account. Oh, my God. And you were kind of like upset. Like, what are you doing on TikTok? Like, why are you trying I to I felt bad for the kids. <laughs> I felt real bad for the kids. Like, this is their little let us have our Let us have our moment, too. But, you know, I mean, I just think that there's a lot to be learned and, you know, yeah. and a lot to be gained from embracing some of these new technologies. Now, Agreed. you know, everything has to be done 
in its proper way, you know, but I do think that, you know, and the pandemic, I think allowed a lot of people to kind of get familiar with some of that stuff that they weren't before, yeah. you know, as well. So if, if we were just running our regular lives, I don't know how much, you know, if, if the pandemic hadn't happened, I'm not sure I'd have a TikTok account. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure how, you know, much attention I would have paid to something like a TikTok because, um, you know, of course, of the generation that enjoys Facebook. And so I would have been fine just sticking with Facebook. I'm still trying to embrace Instagram, you know? (laughs) And so I think, but there's so much networking, you know, because I think from certain, from a certain lens, you look at it like it's just a social media site, Yeah. but it is being used for so much more now Mm -hmm. as far as networking and business. And um, I think we have to embrace that. And if we do, I think that as older people, we'll see some of, you know, like Tab did, you know, we'll see some of our dreams come true and we'll see some things come to fruition as well, because that's the way of the world now. People aren't writing letters and postcards through Pony Express or whatever. You know, I mean, they're sending instant messages yeah. and DMs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think that um, that that's really interesting to have seen, you know, what they did with that and how that opened up so many doors for them. Agreed. So you told me about Lakeisha Jackson and Caitlyn Jackson and SGH Apparel. Yeah. I thought they were a really interesting um, story because, you know, again, as we talk about history that's being made every day, you know, these are trailblazers that are making history. You know, Lakeisha Jackson is a serial entrepreneur. She has done many different things and tried many different businesses, Um, some which I'm sure have been successful and some which have not. Um, But to be in the largest, most upscale mall in Los Angeles and to be able to realize the dream of having a storefront is something that lots of people don't, you know, get the opportunity to do. So what's really interesting to me about um, SGH Apparel, Lakeisha Jackson and Caitlin Jackson is You know, I don't know the background. I don't know their whole story. But it sounds to me, based off of the fact that, you know, Keisha, the mother, had these other business ventures that she had already been a part of, had been taking these, you know, um, paths of entrepreneurship that she brought her daughter along. You know, like, I think a lot of times parents kind of think of it as like, I'm going to establish this thing as a legacy almost for my child and I'm going to do it on my own. And then, you know, my child will have something to kind of grow into. And I think it's really cool that instead of taking that route, she said, let's do this together. Like let's, let's build this together. We're going to be co-founders of this brand and I'm going to bring you along to experience the journey. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. And I think the fact that, you know, her daughter also still continued to pursue her education, you know, independently. So the fact that she pursued her master's, And so that, you know, again, that can only enhance whatever they do as a business, but it also gives her something to fall back on and just their basic platform of wanting to empower other women. Mm -hmm. You know, so many times, especially in our culture, you find this um, you find this mentality of blowing candles out for one another. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't want you to do well if I'm doing well, you know, kind of thing. And so I think this mentality that their goal is to empower other women. So I can imagine that at some point, perhaps they will grow into a franchise, you know, and perhaps they will have, um, and if they're listening, maybe this is an idea, you know, (laughs) but they will spawn into, you know, a franchise where 
they give special allowances for minority women, you know, who want to follow this path or whatever and assist them in kind of following their dreams of being retail entrepreneurs, you know, like they are or whatever. And maybe it's in the sports fitness um, field and maybe it's in some other field as far as clothing and fashion goes because, you know, they're interested in fashion um, in general. But I love the idea of empowering, empowering one another. I think mm -hmm. that's so, so important. You know, and like you said, not just leaving a legacy, but making sure that your children and those that come behind you understand the path. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. So these are some of the duos that we've highlighted throughout the month. I'm interested to know what are some other, or who are some other notable black women who have had a direct, direct impact on your life? Well, you know, whenever I'm asked the question about, you know, living or dead, who is someone that you would want to sit down and have a conversation with or, you know, however that question goes, the person that instantly comes to my mind is Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to potentially have met her um, when she was, I think, like poet laureate in residence or something at Bennett College. Mm -hmm. um, and I did not take advantage of that opportunity um, to get to meet her before she died. But I find her extremely fascinating and powerful. And I'm someone who likes the spoken word and the written word. And so I found myself drawn to her poetry, mm -hmm. you know, having read her book and read and known her story. I don't really have a lot in common with her story per se. You know, I know why the cage bird sings, but I could relate and I could understand and I could feel the pain and um, everything that she went through with her story of her life. But for her to be able to express that in her words was really impactful for me at an early age. And I remember being in, in junior high school, um, which is now referred to as middle school. It's called <laughs> junior high. You're um, showing your age. But in junior high school, I remember my English teacher, Miss Hinton. I'll never forget her. Uh, Miss Hinton telling me that I had very good diction and that I would be a great, I was a great storyteller and that I would be a good English teacher. And I remember holding on to that and I've never forgotten what she said um, with regard to that. And I loved poetry. And Maya Angelou was one of the early um, poets that I fell in love with, you know, her poetry and the storytelling that she was able to tell and the pictures that she was able to paint. So she's one of the people um, that kind of indirectly impacted my life and my path, um, but that I um, aspire uh, to be like and someone who inspired me tremendously from an early age. So how about you? Yeah, the first person that comes to mind for me is Issa Rae. So mm -hmm. I know I've talked to you a little bit about this. I don't think our listeners know anything about this, but Issa Rae um, and her version, of, kind of similar, her version of storytelling, which is through screenplays, acting, directing, um, that sort of thing is she's always been like an inspiration to me. And I've always felt really connected to not only her, but the stories that she tells. So I remember in high school, I mean, not in high school, in college, me and my friend Victoria, we happened to find the Awkward Black Girl series on YouTube, which was like one of Issa Rae's first uh, forays into like creating, writing, directing and acting in her own show. And it was a YouTube series and we loved it. Like we watched it beginning to end many times over. And I think what resonated for us about the story was that it's a story for the black woman that doesn't really fit into any 
particular stereotype. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that for okay. black women. So it's kind of the story for those girls who are in between, yeah. you know, or maybe not even just in between, but who straddle, you know, the fence yeah. for all of these different uh, personalities and ideas of what it means to be a black woman. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so for me, that always really, really resonated. And so I, I really appreciate Issa Rae for um, creating that platform for women like that to see themselves, for the awkward black girls, you know, to see themselves. Um, and then also just following her dreams and just staying um, in pursuit of yeah. that thing. You yeah. know, she started off on YouTube. Right. Like that was completely self-funded. You know, I remember at the end of the YouTube channels, I used to ask for donations yeah. so they could make the next episode or make a new series yeah. or whatever. Like, and to grow from that to Oprah Winfrey offering you a show on her network to then going to HBO and having seasons of this show that has grown to just, you know, mass yeah, critical acclaim. Yeah. Yeah. And all because you were just true to yourself and what right. your experience had been in the world as a black woman. Yeah. Um, but allowing a space for other people to share in that and to relate to that. So yeah, I think the first person that comes to mind for me is Issa Rae. I love her. Yeah. And I, I, I like her a lot as well. Um, you know, you introduced me to her and to the show Insecure. So I mm-hmm. I haven't gone back and I haven't seen Awkward Black Girl or, you know, her YouTube channel or anything like that. But I've just known her from Insecure and from the, the Black Girl comedy show and those kinds of things, other projects that she's been involved in, a couple of the movies that she's done in the mainstream and things like that. And I think the thing that most impresses me about her is... Um, that it appears to me that she has, like you said, remained true to herself. Mm-hmm. Like she is just down to earth. She's like your home girl, you mm-hmm. know, and I know she's in a different tax bracket now. <laughs> right. You know, um, I think she just inked a deal with like Netflix or yeah. somebody, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff for, you know, like seven figures and all that good stuff. But um, but she still seems to, you know, not have lost herself and she still finds a way to kind of still be who she is and be authentic in the, I guess the projects that she takes on or the things she, you know, tries to pursue. So yeah, that authenticity is really important. I don't know if you've heard like the little audio that's been going around. I know it's been on real. So it's probably been on TikTok. but there's some interview that she does. They're asking her like, you know, what's next for you, Issa? Like what's coming, you know, what are your plans? And she's like, like it's me season you know like it's just it's all about me it's me season I'm going and getting after everything that I want everything I deserve and it's just like that level of just being like real you know that I I feel like a lot of celebrities so to speak don't share I'm not saying that they don't have it but they don't share that version of themselves that's just like I'll just tell you what it is I feel like it I feel like it's my season I'm coming for everything I can get next, you know, and that's, yeah, that's also what I really love about her. You're right. Authenticity is really important. And that reminds me of someone else who is another person that is highly influential and who I, in my head, she's like my best friend. Um, No disrespect to my true best friend, Sharon. (laughs) Um, But this person is like in my head, like we are truly besties. And I think it's because I can relate, even though she and I have absolutely nothing in common other than the fact that maybe we're mothers um, (laughs) and that we're black women. But that's Michelle Obama. And so what I love about Michelle Obama is that even though she rose to the pinnacle of notoriety as it goes as far as the political world or whatever, by being the first lady of the first 
um, African-American president of the United States of America, mm-hmm. is that even though she rose to that level, you still saw Shelly from Chicago. Yeah. You know, like she was always still herself. You know, when they said like, you know, you shouldn't be bearing your arms. She wore sleeveless dresses. You know what I mean? She cut her hair in bangs. You know, black women change our hair all the time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> so she didn't decide that, you know, because I'm in the White House and I'm the first lady, I must wear this little French bun, you know, all the time or whatever. She was who she was. Her hair was what it was. You know, I mean, her body was what it was. She wasn't fake. She didn't decide. Now, I'm not saying she never wore designer clothing or anything like that, but people were always amazed that like, clothes that she would wear to notable events or whatever would come from like J crew or something, you know, and it's like, and then that J crew would sell out mm-hmm. if Michelle Obama wore those flats or that sweater set, or, you know, those pants or whatever, it would, it would sell out. And I think, you know, she was just always herself or is not was, but she is always herself. Yeah. And I think that's what that whole becoming tour and um, you know, the other things that she's done and continues to do, you know, her, Trek for, uh, you know, or her platform for fitness and health um, for young, um, young folks in this country or whatever. It was so relatable. You know, the fact that she would do a dance, the fact that she would show up in the middle of, you know, PE class at a, you know, public school in Harlem or, you know, whatever, and really sit down and talk to these young ladies and young men about life and about, um, you know, excellence in pursuing their passions and things like that. I think it's just so, you know, so inspirational. And I just so want to emulate that, you know, in my life. I want to make sure that I'm coming across as somebody who's highly professional and that I attain some level of success, you know, whatever that is for me. But at the same time that I don't lose who Georgette truly is, you know, Mm -hmm. that I don't have to always put on a mask in order to be seen. You know, I want people to see me for who I am and to accept me um, for who I who I am or not, you know, because not everybody I'm sure, you know, accepts her. Um, but the fact that she always, um, you know, she's your homegirl. I feel like we have a lot in common in that way. You know, like I have a, a vast vocabulary, but I can also talk like your friend from the hood if I have to, you know what I'm saying? So I like that she can kind of, and because she, lived in Chicago, you know, and grew up in the inner city of Chicago, um, it's kind of juxtaposed to the fact that she went to Harvard, you know, and that she did all of these other things that don't really go with, you know, they seem diametrically opposed to one another, but they mesh and they're all a part of her story and they're all a part of who she is. And I think that that's the story that, um, that I most resonate with and that I hope other people see, especially our young Black girls, you know, like you and even folks that are younger than you that, you know, you see and understand that you can be yourself and you can still be successful. You don't have to sell out, you know, who you are or what you're about or your culture or where you came from in order to be successful. Yeah, Michelle is Black history right now for sure sure, like personified. And I think I already see what my theme is here with all these women. I think, again, she's one of those women that, like you say, can be herself and can be a chameleon, right? Like be different versions of herself in different environments. And they all still feel very true to what you recognize as her core essence, you know, her Mm -hmm. core being. And Mm -hmm. and that's really cool and admirable. So I agree with that. Yeah. I think you're probably already going to know where I'm going with the next Uh person. (laughs) Where are we going? 
Beyonce. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You had to see that coming. Yeah, Beehive. So, for y'all that don't know, mm. I am a huge Beyonce fan. Huge. I, call, <laughs> I call her my sister. Like, B is my girl. Okay. Mm. I've grown up with her since she was in Destiny's Child. I had the first Destiny's Child album on cassette tape. Okay. Right, 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 right. So, that's how deep we roll. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But yes, I cannot I cannot talk about black women making history right now or making history right now without mentioning Beyonce. Um, and for a lot of the same reasons that we've discussed already. I think Beyonce has been a trailblazer, obviously, in her industry. You know, she has been the blueprint for how you move from, you know, childhood entertainer into girls group into solo artist. I, I don't I Obviously, there are people who have done it, but I think she has really laid a blueprint for how you do it successfully, how you do it well, how you see do how it. you did that blueprint thing there. <laughs> exactly. With her husband. You yeah. see me. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but seriously, like I, I think there's a lot that other artists who came before and after her can gain from the way that she's moved through the entertainment industry, sure. largely without scandal, or maybe not even I would say without scandal, but without being overwhelmed by scandal or tabloids or whatever. So um, I think it goes without saying that she has been a trailblazer in her industry. But on top of that, like I've said about other people, I think what I really love about Beyonce is that, again, she is like, you see so many versions of her that kind of like I said about Michelle Obama still feel true to who you feel like she is as a person. So whether that's seeing her as a mother or seeing her as a wife, seeing her as an entertainer, seeing her as a daughter, you know, her relationship with her mother, Miss Tina, like you, you get the feeling that like, she's a real person, you right. know? And right. I know one of the things that she's been criticized about before is that it's like not doing interviews and not speaking a whole lot. And I think that that's an interesting conversation to be had because I can get it because Beyonce is a country southern girl, you know what I'm saying? Right. So if you go back and watch and listen to her old interviews, it's very clear that she's a country southern girl. And I think that it's been a strategic move for her not to always do the interviews, you know, without being very well prepared and being coached because she can quickly, it can quickly be her personality, the way that she speaks can be um, misconstrued very easily for mm -hmm. maybe ignorance or um, like she isn't fulfilling the role that people would have her to be. Um, so anyways, I, I just think that she, again, is one of those people that feels very authentic um, and feels very true to herself while also creating, um, pr producing content for people of, all ages, all races, all types. You know, another thing that I'll say about Beyonce is that musically, she's crossed so many different genres, right? Like, obviously, she's acted, and some of her acting is not that great. Okay, hey, I'm not gonna, hey, hey. some of it's not great, but but she's done it. She went out there and tried it. Um, she's gotten into apparel. You know, she does Ivy Park, and she used to do House of Darian, which also was 
songs, right? But we love it. Um, but also with her music, you know, she's put out country music and it was a whole uproar over her being at the CMAs. I remember a couple years ago and performing a country song. I think she maybe even won a CMA or something that year. Yeah, yeah. And there was all this hoopla over whether or not she was a country artist, but it was like, but she's from Texas and this is, she has a connection to country music. And I think that was very bold of her to pursue it yeah. and to do it with excellence. Right. Because that's what she do. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so I, I could go on and on because I love Beyonce. Well, but I mean, I think to whom much is given, much is required, right? So yeah. I think when you have that platform, and I think she's what what I admire most about her, and I'm not, you know, part of the beehive or anything. <laughs> you know, Even though not. I've tried for so long. I'm not part of the beehive. Now, I do like Beyonce. I will not, you know, I, I, I will not take anything from her. She's a highly talented young lady. And, um, but one of the things I think that I, um, admire about her and her work is that she does so much outside of her main genre or whatever, you know, that she does do things to try to inspire the next generation. You know, she herself is a mother of two girls. So, you know, I think obviously she's got a, a responsibility to make sure that she lays a path and shows them, um, how to be successful as, um, you know, a, a creative person when she is or whatever, but also as a woman, you know, a black woman or a minority woman, you know, navigating her way in this world, which is primarily um, managed by Caucasian men. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that she has been very, very good at doing those things and also showing how to diversify, mm -hmm. you know, and the importance of that, you know, like she could just sing for the rest of her life and I'm sure she would be fine. But she has chosen to diversify. And I'm sure I don't know all of the things that she and her husband are invested in or whatever, but I know it involves sports teams and it involves brands of, of alcohol and spirits and things like that. She has clothing lines, you know, she produces things, you know, she, I think she's rights um, for other people. She does lots of things. And so, you know, I think showing that that diversity and the importance as far as your longevity, that is attached to that is really important. And I think that she's done a lot of that in the public eye where everybody can see it and watch it and it can be scrutinized. Um, and so just being bold enough to do that and not worry about what, you know, people have to say about it or whether they like it or they don't or whatever the case may be, I think is really, um, is really aspirational and inspirational. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, um, yeah, I would I would summarize a lot of what you said in like her black history is her boldness. Yeah. Like her her willingness to be bold and to go into whatever uncharted territory uncharted territory she sees fit and just take it by storm, you know, give her best and give herself to it and, and move on. So And I think that's what black history um has to give or to share with American history, yes, with history in general, you know, it's the boldness, the authenticity, and it's been going on from a long time, you know, from the Angela Davises to the Amanda Gormans, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We've had people that have stood um, and represented the best of who we are and what we have to offer. And I think that deserves celebration and not just for 28 days um, out of the year, but I think every day there's a reason to celebrate some person, um, specifically a woman, um, from Black history. I agree. And I think to our point, you know, our little slogan, Black history is now, you know, I would also say Black history, Black history is American history. It you is. Know? It's, it's not just ours. You know, we've created it. We've added it to the 
universe, but it's what makes America America. It's what makes the world the world. You know, black history is history, period. I agree. I couldn't have said it better. Well, thank you guys for talking about this with us. Let us know what you think. Yeah, this was a this was a good conversation, and of course, it could go on and on and on. Definitely. So, until next time, see you later. All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And follow us on all of our social media platforms. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.